Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. For fees, Town Automotive, we love our town. Hyatt Regency Buffalo Hotel and Conference Center, FSC Secure. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Oh yeah, I got the whole song. I was I was gonna say like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it ride now. Yeah, the whole the, it's this is uh, there's two m- more minutes oh, of this open. Spectacular. Oh yeah, I was starting to let it ride. I just totally forgot I was hosting. I was like, let's just let's just vibe a little bit. Yeah, it's bangers only oh, on Sports Talk Saturday. Gotta love it. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday <laughs> here on WGR. Nate Geary has the day off. Zach Jones with you. Corey Griswold behind the glass on the board. It's a wonderful day outside today. Corey, I I woke up today and I'm like. You know, it, it's typically sweatpants weather. Shorts and a t-shirt. I brought a hoodie just in case. Look at this guy. But, oh, I was like, summer's not dead yet, baby. It's, We're still alive. Jeremy White's usually a pretty strong advocate for the hoodie and shorts weather. That's good. So it, it's good to see some balance to the force coming in with someone advocating for sweatpants. I, You know, sweatpants, they're underrated. I, I think we've hit a point now where we could admit sweatpants are horribly underrated. They're a great just casual hanging out, eating a bowl of chili, just relaxing, watching We go football. in heavy sweatpants, we go in light sweatpants. I See, I'm big on like light sweatpants, almost joggers as well, that I, I, I feel like I can go out in public and not be slightly embarrassed by myself. Okay. I think that's the key right there. So athleisure, we're talking a little yep, bit here. Exactly, exactly. That's the key there. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Bill's bye week. And 
I the fun part about it, the fun part about it being Bills by week this year at least. Are there really any negative emotions going into where we're at now? The Bills are 5-1. and one. They've beaten Kansas City. I was sitting here. I was looking at the schedule today, and one of the topics I was kind of throwing around in my head was, well, you know, like, what do we think the hardest game is left? You know, when we looked at the schedule when it first came out uh, back in the spring to now six games through, what's the hardest game left? I thought, you know, initially, well, it would have been Cincinnati. Green Bay was on there. Maybe New England made stuff interesting. Maybe Miami made stuff interesting. But now I looked at it today, and I'm not saying I think they're going to go 15 and two or 16 and one or something like that. But it has got it's kind of gotten to a point now where it feels like we're on cruise control, and we're not, and we're not. And of course, we're going to talk about every game to death, and you know, any little mistake, of course, will be exaggerated because of how important the season does feel. But right now, it just it does have this feeling of wow, we got through the gauntlet, and we're ahead of the we're we're leading the AFC. We beat Kansas City, you blew out Tennessee, and Miami's the only team that you know beat you. But ultimately, after that game, two things have come from the Miami Dolphins. One, they're nearly committing human rights violations with the heat on the away side, and two, they can't handle concussions to save their lives. So they have left that game in complete shambles, and the Bills have just, all right, you know, losses happen in football, just keep moving right along. And then along with that, Sabre season started. And they are yet again getting Bills, or Bills, Sabres, Buffalo fans in general ready to get hurt again. Corey, we, we talked a little bit about this maybe a few months ago or something like that, of just, you know, the Sabres over these past 10, 11 years have really kind of almost sucked the life out of like just enjoying hockey, right? It's been disrespectful, yes. Yes, it's been, that's a perfect way to put it. It's been disrespectful. I feel like they hate me in a personal level, and I don't right. like it. But now, like, I've gotten to a point these last, I would probably say, two years, really the Granado-Adams era, of I'll just turn on a hockey game, whether it be the Sabres or not, and just kind of watch it and enjoy mm-hmm. it and look forward to the next Sabres game. And the other night when they were playing Calgary, I was sitting here with Josh Schmidt, who was over at our other at our other station, WBEN. We were just, you know, chit-chatting, kind of talking, sure. getting ready for the game. You know, what are you excited for and all this stuff. And we both kind of sat there and we're like, I'll take a point. Overtime loss, shootout loss. Sure. Make it exciting. Make them work for it a little bit. It's a hard road trip. A lot of those teams are pretty good. Exactly. Make a good impression. Exactly. You played Edmonton. You let up like 150 shots. Sure. You survived. Loved it. And, you know, they're on paper, they're more talented than you. Mm-hmm. And they're more talented than most people, at least that top-end talent. Yeah. McDavid probably is more talented than the whole Sabres roster combined. Absolutely. And he is probably more talented than half the league's roster That's combined. That's right. I mean, it's, Correct. he oozes talent. That's right. Calgary lost Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and they decided, how about we don't die? <laughs> and they got... Jonathan Huberdo, right. and they go out and get Nazem Kadri in free agency, and they're like, all right, we'll run it back. We'll yeah. see what happens Yeah, we're time. running a system. We can just plug these guys in with talent. We'll figure it out. And we'll figure it out, exactly. Yeah. And now, after that win, did they get outshot? Absolutely. And yet, I'm kind of in the same spot I am with Texas football. For those that don't know, I'm a huge Texas Longhorns fan. They play today at 3.30 against Oklahoma State. Should absolutely wreck my weekend. We'll see what happens. Up until this year, I had never truly felt that Texas was back. It was the Alabama game that they had lost that I went, 
oh, oh, I think I think like they've re-entered their kind of heyday. A they lot showed like you something. Yeah, they showed me something more than they ever did beating Notre Dame or anything like that. Where ultimately Notre Dame would flounder as well later in the season, and so would Texas would finish with like a five and seven record. But the Sabres showed a lot in that Calgary game, and a lot in that Edmonton game as well. Now, it was different. They obviously win those two games. Texas lost against Alabama. But I looked at it a lot like the Bills as well, that New England game in New England late in the year when they went 10-6. and six, I want to say it was 2019. They lose that game, but it became very clear the Bills were now going to be a consistent presence. We didn't know yet what Josh Allen would be, but we knew he's definitely a pain. No defense really likes to play him. He can get in his own way at times, but the team is clearly here. And then New England was on the down was on the downturn. Right. And now obviously we see two years later that has absolutely been proven correct. Allen at this point, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later as well. Is the MVP conversation already over with? I mean, it's looking very close to being wrapped up in three or four more weeks. He looks like he's good at football. Oh, it looks yeah, he, I mean he's I would say he's probably got a, an okay career ahead of him. A little bit. But just okay. I don't want him to get too cocky. But the Sabres, it does kind of feel like now there's a system in place, and I will tell you, the thing that may, has me feeling most confident is not Darlene seemingly fully embracing his role mm-hmm. and, 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 and who he is as a player, not being you know a, a square peg trying to be put into a, a, a triangle or anything like that. Like he, like this is who he is and, and who he's going to be. Mm-hmm. JJ Paterka having four points in four games, you know, apparently being a Calder candidate. That's awesome. Sure. Owen Power having his first multi-point game. It's not these guys. It's the fact that Eric Comrie, while many people thought as a signing, would hey, that could be that could be sneaky good. Goaltending? That could be interesting. In this economy? Exactly. In this economy? A smart signing? Maybe? No, nah, it'll blow up in their face. If I may offer something, mm-hmm. um, I think the reason the Sabres feel different so much to us watching and that appears in that community is because they don't have Eichel anymore. Oh, yeah. And that's not Eichel's fault necessarily. But the weight of having him on the team and all the pressure being placed on Eichel as the fulcrum of everything that team so does. So early, too. Yeah, to the point where it's not his personality. Even in, even now, if you watch how he's handled being in Las Vegas and how Las Vegas has handled him, he isn't very good when all the pressure goes through him. And on that team, he doesn't have to. He can be a good second-line center, just score a bunch of points, go out on the power play. Mm-hmm. And Vegas functions very well with that. In the last in the last ditch moment, there was a, a, a game a couple of nights ago where he was on the ice in the last four minutes and gave up a game-winning game winning goal, or at least a game-go-ahead uh, goal, and just bad defense on the ice. You, that kind of stuff that we as Sabres fans have been dealing with with him forever on the team simply because that's just who he was as a player and who he was as just a hockey player and just what happened when he was on the ice with them. When you take that out and suddenly you don't have to do everything through Eichel because of the weight of having that guy on your team, and you just be like, whatever, now we just got to figure it out. Who's good here? Darlene, fine, go. You, Tage Thompson, I guess there's a spot. Let's find out if this. And you let guys play naturally, not like put yes. themselves into a role because everything has to go through the other guy. There is no other guy now. Now you have to get the most out of everybody else around them. The whole dynamic of that atmosphere changes. Nothing's being forced with the team. and hasn't been since Eichel has honestly not been playing. Mm-hmm. And that, man, this organization did not handle the weight of having that pick go well for them. And you know what yeah, you no, can I tell? Mean, they because, handled it terribly. And they're not doing it with the other high picks they've had. They mm-hmm. don't do it. They, nothing has to run through Dalene. They're not doing that with power. 
they've they've probably learned their lesson organizationally. Like we're not just gonna just because we have this guy, it's, he's not the guy. They did that with Eichel, and it destroyed everything they tried to do for a couple of years because of it. Absolutely. And they, they th- made trades that they were just not prepared to make. They made oh, yeah. signings they were not prepared to make. With talent. They had plenty of talent. Oh, Never worked. And Never now, worked. And now they're doing it with maybe similar talent, maybe even less talent, and suddenly the team looks like it's functional. I think as well, for me, a big thing, and it's 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 all looking at the post-Eichel era. And, and I'm not somebody that despises Eichel. I didn't like no. his comments, and I still don't like it, and I'm still going to boo him because of his post-game comments when he came to Buffalo. But, like, but I like a villain. That's why. Dealing with the pressure he was dealing with and oh, yeah. constantly running into a problem he couldn't solve himself, I get why he would start lashing out without a, without a solution. Absolutely. Like I totally understand his position. But the 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 direction the team has gone now, and for me, it, it, I, I tweeted out like a few weeks ago, and I, and I still stand by it because of how the young players are playing. To me, it is a clear reason why they're performing well. It's They have put so many resources into drafting, Young talent, acquiring young talent, and developing said talent. They've got, what, three, four guys on the whole roster that are, like, honestly guys you see probably leaving in two years. Or they're just older guys. Right. Alex Tuck's on that fringe, but he's 25 years old. He's mm-hmm. right there with you in terms of a young player. It's Oposo. It's Gergensen's. It's Craig Anderson. Tuck seems like he's really – he's. they put him in a position to – Take it on his own and like oh, yeah. really become the player he's supposed to be, and he is absolutely riding it. Well, I mean, there's a re- I mean, Vegas loved him. Yeah, the fans thought he was great when we got him. They were like, "Oh no!" And then we get obviously one of their first round picks in yeah. Peyton Krebs. But they have just completely devoted everything into no, we need to develop this young talent and become a good team through that, rather than what they did with Ico, which was, well, we got this great potentially superstar heart trophy winning he's player. He's got to be the dude. He's got to be the dude and we've got to get talent around him immediately even if it doesn't fit. And notice what they haven't done with Tage Thompson because mm-hmm. they have not pointed to Tage Thompson you got to be the dude. That's not what they've done. No, Kyle they, Poso's the captain Cal- and, and, and like exactly. Alex Tucks the next guy. That's right. It's Tage Thompson is like honestly way down the list of dudes mm-hmm. who might be on that team where you're like, "Oh, he's the dude." Which just good. Just go out and score and be the be yeah. this big dude that scores. He's just told like just Consistently have 35 goals. If you right. get around 35, 40 assists now, after you know 30 assists last year, fantastic. Yes, do what you have to do. They gave an A to Darlene, and you are seeing Darlene's personality now, which is just oh my Darlene's god, he's just oh I love him so Darlene much. Darlene is an absolute. They pest. Ha- how long has it been since we've had that guy on this team that like is good and Ooh. everybody hates playing against him? I am so I mean, it's, excited it's, for this Darlene. For this Darlene, I was going to say like in in terms of my era of watching hockey because I, I don't actually have many memories of the 0506. Right. I mean, I was 9, 10. It's Coletta is the last guy to yes. do it, and Coletta did it by trying to injure people. Yeah. Darlene does it because he's just good, and he talks a mile of crap to you. He just, he never shuts up. He's so awesome. And to be fair, I think my maybe favorite part of Darlene's game is the fact that if anyone jaws with him in the first period, I know for a fact the second period he's going to do something once or twice that has me go, that's not fair. They, Why would you do that? They have. It's been so long since they've had a dude who loves to fight. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's a total he, – like, the best way to describe it, it, him and Skinner especially are just total pests so in cool. every it's way. absolutely cool. I and love I, He's it. on the ice for half the game, too. Yeah. Oh. It's not like a dude who plays six minutes a night. And, 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 and along with that, though, young guys, Dylan Cousins – I said it last year. I still hold on to it. He will fight a polar bear, no questions no asked, questions asked, if anyone bothers a teammate of his. That's right. 
He is a psychopath out there. And now, I'm glad he got his first goal, by the way, against Calgary, just to get that on the board, because he was so unlucky to end last season. He was one of the, the, the Sabres' best offensive forces last year, but just could not put the puck in the net. And now, just to get that one out of the way, get it out of the way early, I hope that can kind of carry on for him as well. But speaking of hockey, later in the show at... 12.30, we will have Joe Yerden on of expect or of Noted Hockey. Excuse me, He'll join the show as well. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, of course, the Sabres, their fast start. They're 3-1. They play Vancouver tonight. Vancouver is 0-3-2, I believe. I know for a fact they have no wins. They're the only team left in the NHL that has no wins. We'll talk about that. That game starts at 10 tonight. Of course, we're Sabres after dark for two more games tonight. And then they got Seattle, I believe, on Tuesday. But then they end October on a really, really interesting window where they've got teams like Montreal, Chicago, and Detroit. The way they've played against Edmonton and Calgary and the way Granado has sort of, I think, really pushed this team, not to their limits, but to their potential, I do think there could be a, a, dare I say, a lengthy win streak here to end the month of October that can get Sabres fans really excited again. And I know, and, and there is that fear, though, with those lengthy lengthy win streaks of, I've seen this before, I know what happens. And to be fair, the analytics are not the greatest for the Sabres right now in terms of how many shots they've let up yeah, per game. Yeah, because they're getting outshot like 16-20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they've had a game where they haven't at least allowed 35 shots. It's, it, like, it is good. incredible how don't, many shots they're giving up. Don't do that. Don't do that to Craig Anderson, first of all. But also, <laughs> like, you... Comrie is not going to be able to hold up to no. this pace. I love, I love how he's playing, but even I'm like, dude, there's going to be a game where he lets up like eight, and you're going to sit there and go, well, he's exhausted. Right. Like, he's played three times this week, and you, the other two games, you let up a total exactly. of like 90 shots. you got to get that puck, and you got to hang onto it. That's my one fear. They're, they're very much a push, the, 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 the pace of play, but the last two teams they've played, Edmonton and Calgary, are just better at that style of play. They beat them, of course. But a lot of that was due to Comrie just, you know, standing on his head and just being exceptional. And it's not going to be something that holds up. That's my big fear with the Sabres, that analytically, offensive, you know, they're doing pretty well. They're kind of beating expected goals a little bit. But they, they look good. They're moving the puck well. It's more defensively and, and sort of just keeping hold of the puck and not just letting up shot after shot after shot and their power plays, though. Corey, we got to talk about the power plays. It like it can be rough at times in terms of like them just being completely careless with the puck. And it's early, so like I'm saying it with kind of a laugh because I think it, it can get better. I've also been someone, uh, especially on my nightly show, the Nightcap, um, through Monday to Friday, that I I don't expect them to necessarily be in the playoffs this year. So I'm not overly worried about all right well you need to go you know three you know you need to get six points out of a three-game road trip against these winnable teams because we're in a playoff race here it's like eh, if it happens it happens but I'm not gonna lose my mind if they're unable to be this exceptional team this year I am all for this year being the growth year but I hope that some of these problems like how many shots they're letting up like the fact that they have been very sloppy in the power play does get better I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm not expecting playoffs necessarily yet. I mean, that could change come January. But for right now, just I need those things cleaned up really, really badly. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm not expert enough now to know how they want to run the power play with the players they got. So because they're so new, they're so young, a lot of their – at least a lot of their high-flying talent, like where do you want to put the puck? Where do you want to put the 
folks who've got the juice? Where do you want power to fit into that? How does Darlene, do you want Darlene to run it? Do you want, where do you want Skinner in that situation? That might just take time to figure out. And it's always, especially with shooters, they go cold real fast and they stay cold and then they get hot real fast. A guy like Skinner who is extremely streaky, like a lot of these things that happen on the power play can be something that sorts itself out if you're patient. But over the course of a season, patience can start to turn into panic, especially when you're letting in 60 shots a game and those start to go into the net. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and if you're an old team that's not, like I guess, necessarily used to the ebb and flow of a season like this, it can get on you and it just and it's a gorilla on your back that just sinks the season. Right. And so that I mean that's gonna be like, you know, the waters that this team, Granado, even Adams are gonna have to you know, tread a little bit. I mean I I've been someone, you know, when Matthew Kachuk became available, I was kind of pushing for the Sabres to maybe make that move. And it could be something where at the trade deadline, you gotta get a veteran presence who has playoff experience or something like that. They may not be great, but just that voice in the locker room of Look, this is how we handle this. This is how we're going to do it. Not necessarily coming in as a captain or anything like that, but just kind of knows how to deal with those situations. But we are going to go to the phones real quick where we have Jerry from Kenmore standing by. Jerry, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. How you doing, my man? Hey, guys. Um, do you know who our plus-minus leader is? Well, I see it on the comment section, so I know you're going to tell me. He doesn't have a point either. It's it's Samuel, which is, is interesting on – when you look at this team and think who is playing well and who isn't playing well, you know, when Quinn's back, you know, this happened three years ago. We're thinking which one of our six or seven guys that are a liability do we take out of the lineup? And right now we're thinking, who do we take out of the lineup? And it might be Victor Olofsson. But um, the forwards just do not play very well on their own end right now. That's what needs to be uh, cleaned up. And we're very lucky we have young, you know, young, talented defense. And the puck room, uh, um, but they could clean up uh, the forwards on their own end. Uh, um, I think they could have a really good year. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. And I, th- like that's that's the sloppiness of it. Is he's he's absolutely right. The forwards are not playing well on their own end. It it does get a little panicky. Samuelson not having a point yet. That's <sighs> Matias Samuelson is an interesting case study for the team. Number one, they just gave him an extension. And he's yet to score an NHL goal. He has, I think, 12 total points. Of course, all of them assists. But he is a defenseman's defenseman. He is not going to be somebody that pushes the flow of play. He's not even going to be somebody that really is going to be a a major factor on the offensive side of the puck. We have two defensemen who are like that in, obviously, of course, Rasmus Dahlin, who literally just broke an NHL record to start a season with four goals in four games. That was awesome to see. And, of course, Owen Power. But those two are number one overall pick defensemen. They are going to be the more well-rounded guys. And I'm not too surprised that he, that Samuelson is leading the team in the plus-minus and in the minutes. It's just because he's going to be the defenseman's defenseman. He is going to be, hopefully, I mean, I think Granado has even called him the antidote. So, I mean, his goal for Samuelson is just you, your goal there is to just get rid of the best player on the opposing team and make our lives easier. So much about playing good defense in your own end as a forward is just being where you're supposed to be yep. when your defenseman gets the puck. If you are in the spot you're supposed to be so that you can break out effectively. One thing the Sabres used to be great at when they were at their height and when they were really good is that it took one pass to get out of their own zone. The defenseman knew where the forward was going to be, one pass, out. There wasn't any panic. There wasn't any searching. The defensemen knew where they were going as soon as they got the puck, and it was very quick. It became automatic almost. 
as a forward, you got to be where you're supposed to be because if that defenseman has to start searching, the opposing forwards start applying pressure, and that's when the turnovers in your own end mm-hmm. happening. That's when you start making mistakes. The forwards, if you don't have your guy, be in the spot you got to be in so that pass that's coming to you automatically can go right up out of the zone and you can start hitting your transition. That's what it's supposed to be like. But when you're young and like, I got to chase this guy, I got to chase, oh, wait, what? A lot of the positioning might take time for that to settle in and settle down and know where you're supposed to be in a game that's a lot faster than you're used to. Absolutely. I mean, and, and of course, the NHL has become now a speed-based game. Absolutely. That's why Sam, nobody thinks Samuelson should have been any good, but because mm-hmm. he's got a hat on his shoulders, he gets to where he's supposed to be. Yep. So he doesn't need that's a, that's fast speed to recover. It's just yeah. in the spot. Samuelson's never going to be the eye-popping defenseman that all of a sudden has 60 points, and you're like, what? A defenseman didn't? Like, no, he's going to be a guy that is going to maybe, his best season, give you like 25 points. We stand Richard Schmelick on this station. <laughs> We're bringing back the big defenseman, the big slow defenseman who will just lock it down vibes. Well, 100%. I, they, I was going to say, they, they signed Samuelson to an extension. They brought in Ilya Labushkin as well, sort of like the... The bully defenseman of look, power and Darlene, they're not gonna do that. That's like, power six right. six and he'll check you, but he's not he's not gonna slam you to the boards. Labushkin, he he's there to hit you as hard as human. Absolutely. Possible. That's right. The spirits of Jitnik and Schmelik live in that building and we're yep. gonna keep it alive. They're like we're gonna see what happens. We're going to take a quick time out here in just a moment, but if you want to jump on the show, you can call us at 803-0550. We're talking Sabres hockey today. Of course, Bill's bye week, the NFL schedule as a whole. What do you want to do on your bye week? What do you typically do? I mean, the Bills, the vibes are spectacular. Is it a good bye week? Are you more just frustrated? You can't watch a Bills game this week. Are you going to watch NFL football at all? We've got college football today. You can also tweet at me, at ZacharyJones198. Give me your Sabres takes, your Bills takes. What do you like from the Sabres so far to start this season? And what do you expect from the Bills in their second half of the season now that they're going to be going through the bye week? This is Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Sal Capaccio takes you behind the scenes on Buffalo Bills game day with Sal's All Access. Watch it live on WGR's Facebook page. Sal's All Access presented by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. Former Bills center and NFL analyst Eric Wood joined Chopin the Bulldog every football Monday at 4 p.m. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Last segment we were talking a little bit. Sabres hockey, a little bit of Bills football. We'll, we'll be jumping back to the Bills, but you know they're on the bye week. They're five and one. They're spectacular. We'll, we'll dazzle that in a little bit. But the Sabers right now are very, very interesting. And I tweeted out during the break. They're they're three and one. They're off to a good start. Again, this feels like a yearly thing. But what are some things you'd like to see better? So we got some tweets. We're going to read off. Paul tweets in better defense. We can't be allowing forty plus shots a game. You can't win for a long period of time giving up that many each game. Also, better puck management will lead to a better power play, and that leads into a number of people tweet again. Power play, power play, power play. Scoring on the power play would be nice. And then AC also tweets in, don't go into a shell in the third period with a lead. Continue with the same intensity they've had in the first and second to limit chances from the opponent. I agree with all that. I I think that's the thing, too, is what's nice is the Sabres aren't leaving you scratching your head going, I actually don't know how to fix this. It's it's simple stuff that you're like, all right, it's a young team. They got to get better with with the pace of the game. They got to get more chemistry on the lines. Corey, you mentioned that you know during the Sabres heyday, they'd gotten so good at just the outlet pass, just go on the break, go. The defenseman gets it, go. This team's sort of learning that kind of as they go. They're you know, Darlene's 22, which as a 24 year old bothers me. <laughs> 
Like... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening it's better over here after investing billions to light up our network t-mobile is america's largest 5g network plus right now you can switch keep your phone and we'll pay it off up to 800 dollars see how you can save on every plan versus verizon and at&t at tmobile.com slash across america up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. I watch soccer and every now and then when I see an 18 year old score, a tear rolls down my face because I'm like, what am I doing with yeah, my life? Yeah, congrats. You're on the radio in Buffalo. Well done. Yeah, I'm we like, what it. am I doing with my life? We did but it. then like I see Darlene and I'm like, he's been here. This is his fifth season. He's 22. Oh, That's boy. absurd. Yeah, he's he's uh, the uh, Tremaine Emmons uh, player of the week for the Bill for the Sabers in that regard. Um, so much of the power play could be positional too. Yep. Like if you don't know where you're supposed to be in a given moment, if you're just running on instinct because you don't have it programmed in your brain. Those quick passes to where you're supposed to be, so a power play can be lethal. So it can get the penalty kill moving and out of their positioning. It, it, if you got to stop and think. The penalty kill will adapt to what you're doing and just stay in that position and stay locked. They know exactly what they're doing. It's the quick movement on a power play that gets a penalty kill unlocked that opens up lanes that allows you to be creative and gives you shooting lanes. It's the same thing when you're in your defensive zone and you're and you got to think about where you got to be on the power play. If you got to think where you got to be, that takes extra seconds, extra milliseconds of time that mm-hmm. allows your opponent to react to you. And so it could be a product of the same thing. I don't know. This is probably a question for Paul or even uh, our noted uh, guest and jerk uh, Joe Yurden when he comes on later. Is that a product of youth? Is that a product of just the n- nature of the players they have? What kind of coaching? How much time does that take to, to get rid of? I don't know, but it could be a symptom of the same problem. Absolutely, absolutely. I will say, though, I have really enjoyed their penalty kill. Yeah. They are a very aggressive penalty killing team where they just they do go for shorthanded chances. I mean, they do not care. I've enjoyed that aspect, I think, because at least so far the teams they've played are almost kind of stunned by it. Yeah. That, like, this young, spunky team who, like, essentially doesn't shut up is going to, like, really, like, try to punch them in the mouth. And it's it's that has been a very exciting aspect of the team to see is that they just – they may know they're not necessarily as talented as a team. Not yet. I mean, they've got a ton of young guys who could eventually become, you know, they're better than you on paper right. kind of guys. But for right now, they're just like, screw it. We're just going to go after them. We're going to see what happens. More rampant speculation. That might be connected to their personality. Like, we're seeing mm-hmm. Darlene's personality really shine right now. You mentioned Cousins, and uh, you mentioned um, their defense, like the guys who just love to hit people on that defense that, they give, that they've got All now. All the Pushkin. Oh, yeah. My, my man just bringing the heat. Now, that 
can also manifest itself in going on the penalty kill, being aggressive not only in your talk but also in your walk. And if Granado was correctly identified that the mojo of the team is attack, then mm-hmm. you just tell them that, like, go, attack. Why hasn't that manifested on the power play? Who knows? Maybe they're, Maybe in that space when they have the puck, they're thinking too much about how to make the most of the opportunity because the opportunity is already there. Maybe in transition, maybe in a penalty kill where it's just, oh, there's, I'm going to attack this one dude who's my responsibility right here to get. On the power play, your responsibility is not one dude. There's so many things you have to be aware of of where the puck is moving and where to go with it when you have the puck. It's not the same on a penalty kill. Like I can, If I'm like right here in this moment, I can get the puck and I'm gone and, I know, and let's see if somebody's coming with me. It's a different kind of aggression. So maybe that's what's the disconnect we're seeing when like you have guys who are just throttling dudes on the penalty kill but on the power play that seems to have been that seems to be coming back a little bit you can't be aggressive on a power play if you don't know where the puck's supposed to go exactly exactly on a penalty kill you know what you got to do see that dude with the puck who's, who's Get him. just getting it hit him right away like that you can be really aggressive about you can be and you know what as a defenseman you can be aggressive in your own defensive end. It's like, oh, this guy's this guy. I got it. it's that guy. I got to trust my def- other partner to get the other dude. But that's my guy, and I can go get him. Mm-hmm. And the dudes who are good at positioning, like Samuelson, his play is like this. Like we, like Jerry called in earlier. He's leading the team in plus minus not a point. Why? He knows where to go. Yep. It's like, oh, that's my guy. Got him. He he he's not going to add the flashy stats. No, but he's going to be. There's a reason why Granado calls him the antidote. He is going to just be that constant presence. That's right. That's I mean, that's his job. That that's why they signed him to these seven year extensions. I'm trying to think like who is like the most consistent dude on the team. Like the dude is just every Ooh. night you know what you're getting. And like Darlene's getting there. Darlene is getting and there. And that rate of play that he has is so high. Like it's incredible to see a guy mm-hmm. be that consistent that highly. But like out of the forward ranks, like who's the dude every night? It's like, yep. We're getting it. There's the thing again. He's doing the thing. Look at him doing the thing. It's kind of becoming Paterka as well. A little at, bit. At least through the first four games, it's been Paterka. Thompson, the first two games, started very slow. Skinner for the first two games was very slow. And Skinner's always been up and down. Yep, he's always been. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's going right. to be a guy. He's he's the streaky he's a shooter. Yeah, he's a shooter. That's what shooters do. So, you know, it is what it is. That's fine. Cousins as well is starting to get there. But really, I think that's a lot of him and Paterka just being... It's a huge Lock ask. Step. It's are, a huge ask to have yeah. like who amongst your forward ranks is the steady people and have it be kids. Yeah, you can't have it be a nineteen and a twenty-two year old. Right. You can't. Or his cousin's twenty-one. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> like um, that. Like you know who I would love it to be Gergensons. Like, Gergensons. Yep. Just a dude who's just roll him out there. You know, are you going to get a million points? No. Is he going to lock it down? Yes. Like who's their lockdown dude who just settles everything down as a forward, the forward who knows where he's supposed to be, the forward who follows through and does everything he's supposed to do. Cousins correctly. is twenty-one, by the way. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That hurts as a 24-year-old. It hurts as a 40-year-old. Well, you know, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> I was gifted with, like, slightly solid athleticism, but, like, I was a late bloomer, too. It, didn't, it, didn't, it did not help me. <laughs> it was more good genetics. I'm 6'3". It helps. Yeah, I, th- they're waiting for, I think they're waiting for their forwards to settle down. Absolutely. Honestly, I, think Absolutely. A lo- I think a lot of the qu- things we've talked about, like power play, these kinds of shots. Even look at, even look at Casey Middlestat, though. I mean, he's, yeah. he's starting to get the groove going. I mean, he, he was exceptional against Calgary. He had moments where you were just like, oh, oh, wow. Right. Like, th- this is the guy we picked in the first round that, you know, was maybe supposed to be one of the better forwards in that group. He looked good. But- <sighs> they're they're going to be competitive mm-hmm. when they get games like that out of guys if it's random. Like, oh, it's Casey, it's a Casey Middlestat night. Oh, here we go. Tage Thompson night. Or if you get random games like that from guys, they'll be competitive. They're not going to be good. Exactly. If they're yep. going to be good, they need games like that all the time out of the, out of some of those dudes. They need guys like. They need a core. Yeah. 
But they, the, I, I think this is where, well, because we were talking a little bit about in the first segment, like Tage Thompson's not expected to have, you know, the weight of the world on his, on his shoulders. He's right. not the captain. He's not like the clear-cut star of the team. Right. You are going to need him and like guys like Darlene to consistently put up like four and a half out of five star performances every night. And you're getting that out of Darlene. You're getting that out of Darlene. Yes. But he has the talent to do so, and now he's got the confidence, and That's now right. he's being told by his coach, dude, just go play. He could be good for another 10 years. Yep. Right? Like, and, uh, no, I mean, as a defenseman in the NHL, you can be good until you're like 36 or 36. Actually, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, so eh, you can't actually get 15 on that guy. Quite a while. Like, 30 minutes a night out of that kind of dude for 10 years. Like, and they have power who could, who, if they play their cards right, could be the same guy. Yeah, it could be the exact same thing where they're essentially just retiring right. three years after each other. Like, but they're going to have there's a, gonna be a peak there. A weapons grade defensive core mm-hmm. for maybe the next 10 years that is about. To like come through. I've thought about it. Like Carolina is a team I, I constantly think about because they're built through their blue line, right? And like Sebastian Ajo is very, very good, but I would not call him like this absolutely unbelievable offensive talent. He's not going to be a guy that will ever put up a Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Goudreau, Kirill Kaprizov season where it's just over 100 points and he is just right a dynamo. And and you're like just sick to your stomach thinking you have to play him, but he's very, very, very good. If they can get like. Two or three out of the loaded prospect pool at forwards they have, Sebastian Ajo's with that blue line. That's that's the team they want to build, right? And and in the NHL you're at now, it's not the defense of the New Jersey Devils or even the Buffalo Sabers with Hashik, where it's like we're going to win games one nothing because we right. have just the better goalie, or you're going to play the New Jersey style of just you have the puck, we're going to kill you. And it doesn't seem like that's their ambition. No, their ambition does seem to be, especially under Granado, score. Yeah. But it's because of the modern NHL of defensemen. I mean, they're effectively forwards. Exactly. Who just can also play on the blue line. Darlene is the captain of the power play. It's mm-hmm. not a center. It's not, it's Darlene. And so if you can get those two, and let's say guys like Matthew Savoy, who they just drafted and right. is considered maybe one of the better offensive talents in his draft class, and a guy like an Alex Tuck breaks out as well and really becomes a star in the NHL, or Thompson becomes something like that, then you're really looking at something. But like you said, if you can't find this consistency, if it's just random spots here and there, you know, all right, or even if you get to a point where it's, all right, this is Casey Middlestat's week, or this is, you know, Tage Thompson's week, you're going to be competitive, you'll be fun, but you'll constantly be annoying because you're not going to be very and good. And honestly, this is this is why you got Granado. Yep. Like, as much as we like what he's done so far, and I think a lot of people do, and the the vibe and so far the results so far this year, you can't really argue with them. They're winning. They're, oh, they're winning. They're doing well. Yeah. Um, but he's the one who's responsible for making sure those kids up front figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, And that, honestly, will reveal itself over time. We just exactly. got to wait and see. And that's kind of and that's a major reason why he was picked as the coach is his development. They and should the throttle Vancouver tonight. They should absolutely okay, throttle okay. them. I'm glad you brought it up, and it wasn't going to be me, because I'm usually the guy that like throws out something that probably shouldn't be said. Like, you know, I think the MVP <laughs> conversation's over in the NFL, you're, like, you're week welcome. six. You're welcome. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, you've given up a ton of shots. Vancouver, though, is flat-out not good. Like, they have Elias Patterson and JT Miller's not really doing much. Like, that's, that's who they have. Yeah, go through them. You should run through them. And I'm terrified tonight's like a 3-2 overtime loss. And I'm like, you got a point, and, and I'm furious. You know what? If what, There's these West Coast trips that happen, mm-hmm. but that usually the effect of that happens when you come back. It's usually the first game or second game after you come back from West Coast, you just look like garbage. Yeah. But, like, no. You are better than Vancouver. You have more talent than Vancouver. you got more prospects than Vancouver. You might want it more than Vancouver at this point. 
Put him through the wall. This is what you got to do, if you, especially if you want to make the playoffs in the division you play in that is filled with killers. Mm-hmm. Like, you have got to have the instinct to just be like, now nah, we're better than them, so we're just going to put them down. I was listening to a podcast like two or three days ago, and they were talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs about how, you know, under this core, they've never had that killer instinct. That the Toronto Maple Leafs, this, this current group they have, they're going to make the playoffs, but they'll lose in the first round and they'll lose to teams they have no business. They lost to a Zamboni you driver. Know, how great would it be? For the Sabres to do that to them this year, they're probably going to. If the Sabres and Leafs playing, I don't know how it works. I, I don't care about the NHL players who are a mess, but like how <laughs> if the Sabres and Leafs can play in the first round of the playoffs, and then the Sabres do them dirty in the first round, it'd be wonderful. My God, it would be. It would. It would melt most people's minds. It'd be pretty good. It would. Oh, be everybody's fantastic. wearing their Buffalo Bills Super Bowl championship T-shirts to, to the Sabres to the Sabres game. playoff games. Like it just only to ri- only to rip those Josh off Allen to show the in comp. the suite with the with the Lombardi Trophy oh, be, oh, and the man. MVP holding them like he's trying to hold cases of beer and everybody's just absolutely freaking out. Electric, electric. I would love that. But it was just it was fascinating to see a team that even though they make the playoffs, their fans just look at them and go, they have no killer instinct. They just they show up to that's some tough. of these games and they just they absolutely lay an egg. Ooh, and that's, that's that to me, it's the same with the Bills, because we've gotten to that point now. Yeah. The Bills blow out bad teams. That's right. They cover great teams. Yeah, there's cover. no question about that. Even yeah. like even in situations where you want to make the case, they have had bad losses that should shake them. Mm-hmm. To Kansas City, we all know the score. The Jacksonville. They never get shook. The, no. the Bills never get shook. Nope. So, like, I'm never concerned about the Bills' state of being or their mentality. Like, because they don't get shook. They, it, doesn't, it doesn't rattle in their head. They got 13 second again against the Chiefs. They got 12 second. They didn't care. Came out in the second half, just not, whatever. Don't care. Yeah, they just, they, they just move around with, like, their business. It's, it's, it, it is so much fun to watch. And this would be a game for the Sabres where you can kind of change that mindset for a lot of fans of, well, if they're going to lay an egg tonight, like, th- this is a team they should beat. If, Th- they end October on a spectacular run of, right. of easy, winnable games. If that were true, if the Sabres did get shook, they should have lost to Edmonton and Calgary. Yep. With the amount of pressure they were under and facing, they would have. They should have absolutely gripped the stick and just didn't know what to do and mm-hmm. just freaked out and gave up the goals that, that would have come and just be like, here we go, there it is, and just would have been done and over with. That did not happen. Nope, and it, and it's and and it, it that's a big reason why I have such a good feeling about the Sabres team. Again, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they will. But right now, it does feel like they are absolutely continuing the good vibes and the trend in the right direction. We are going to take quick time out, and we come back. John Price from Sports Information Traders. We're going to flip to football real quick, get you some takes and some betting odds on what you should be doing this weekend in football. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports Talk Saturday on W. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.